Psalms 107 says, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. I'm going to be glad about that. Uh, he says, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, and his mercy endures forever. If you look in the Old Testament, you'll see that they won uh, certain battles just by saying, The Lord is good, and his mercy endures forever. Y'all want to practice that? For the Lord is good, and his mercy endures forever. Come on, one more time. For the Lord is good, and his mercy endures forever. Praise the Lord. Amen. And the next verse says, verse 2, Psalms 107, verse 2. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. So he says, if you are redeemed, a child of God, he said, you're going to have to say so. Amen. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. So first thing in the morning, you could get up and say, I am redeemed. Amen. So he said, it's not enough to be redeemed. He said, you're going to have to say something about it. Say so. Let the redeemed of the Lord, what? Say so. I'm redeemed. I'm redeemed. That means he purchased my freedom. I'm redeemed by his blood, amen, redeemed, and redeemed from the curse of the law. I'm redeemed, amen, and so let the redeemed of the Lord say so. I believe you ought to say something about that every day, amen. I'm redeemed. Everybody say, I'm redeemed. Let the redeemed of the Lord, what? Say so, amen. If you're redeemed, you ought to get happy about it, amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Now turn to Mark 11, 22, 23. We're going to do the say so, say so, say something about it. I am redeemed. Praise the Lord. In Mark 11, 22, 23, Jesus said to have faith in God in Mark 11, 22. Then in verse 23, Jesus tells us exactly how faith works. Uh, we call this the authority of the believer. The authority of the believer. That means every believer. You don't have to be a bishop or a pastor or a prophet. If you're just a believer, every believer has authority. Or there's tremendous power available to every believer. So when Jesus said, let us do what? Have faith in God. Have faith in God. Other translations say, have the God kind of faith. And other translations, one of my favorites says, lay hold on God's faithfulness. I mean, believe God's faithful. One of his most outstanding characteristics is he is faithful, amen, never changes, always the same. Lay hold. How do you lay hold on God's faithfulness? And when we believe he is faithful, how do you lay hold on it? Or how do you exercise your faith in God? Well, in verse 23, Jesus makes it so simple that you actually need a theologian to get confused about it. Jesus... It happens to be an expert on the subject. And Jesus said, for verily I say unto you that whosoever, whosoever. In other words, Jesus said, this will work for anybody. And he said, anybody can do this. Everybody can do this. So it's not that complicated if he said, anybody can do it. So Jesus said, whosoever shall say. Whosoever shall say, and then he said, unto this mountain, be thou removed and be cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith 
shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Jesus said, here's how faith works. He said, faith works by saying. Faith works by saying. Or you could say it this way. If you're silent, if you're silent, then your faith is really not activated. In other words, the initial act of faith is the saying or the speaking part of faith. Whosoever shall say. So this worked for the David when he killed Goliath. You can see how he exercised his faith in God. And he said to Goliath, he said, and he said, Goliath talked back to him, and then he talked back to him. Then he ran at Goliath, hit him in the head with a rock, cut his head off with his own sword. Amen. And so the Lord told me one time, never run at your giant with your mouth shut. In other words, David really won the war of words before he won the fight of faith. So David at 17 years old, we believe, he was a giant killer at 17 years old. What was he doing? He was releasing his faith in God or exercising his faith in God. David did that at 17. But if you look at Joshua and Caleb when they were 80, they said, they said, we are well able to possess the land. They said, well, there's giants in the land. They said, we're still well able to possess the land Amen. at 80 years old. So David had it 17. Joshua and Caleb had it at 80. We are well able. Well, we know the rest of the spies said what? We look like grasshoppers and well, we're not able. We can't do it. So the ones who said we are not able did not do it. The ones who said we are well able, they did it. So who got what they said? Well, all of them got what they said. <laughs> and the ones who said they can't, that's what they got. The ones who said we can, we're well able, they got what they said. In other words, that faith works by saying or by speaking, and your words can bring you victory or defeat. I said your words, your words will bring you victory or defeat. What you say. So Jesus said, whosoever shall say. Whosoever shall say. Here he's talking about to a mountain, a mountain being removed. When he's talking about a mountain being removed, a mountain is something that seems impossible, something that seems too big for you, right? And he didn't even say, uh, uh, you know, God, what are you going to do about that mountain? He said, you have that authority as a believer, and you say to the mountain. Interesting, isn't it? A lot of times we're waiting on God to do something about our situation, I said, we're waiting on God to do something about our situation. And God said, here, you need to say something about it yourself. Amen. Amen. And you say, to the mountain, be removed and what? Cast into the sea. So the Lord told me if it's cast into the sea, then that means it's not ever going to come back. And then the Lord said to me, and there will be no evidence it was ever there. Oh, in other words, uh, <laughs> things you're facing right now, come on, this time next year, there'll be no evidence you ever had that problem. Come on, if you'll exercise your authority as a believer. Whosoever shall what? Say. Whosoever shall say he shall have what? Whatsoever he saith. Amen. And so you do have, as a believer, a measure of the God kind of faith. You do have it. Amen. And Jesus asked the disciples one time, he said, where is your faith? 
Some of y'all say, well, I don't know. I left it at the house or come on. I left it at church last week. Where is your faith? In other words, in every situation, your faith must speak. Say something that agrees with God. Your faith must speak. And uh, I like the way Dad Hagen said it. He said that um, faith works, or he called it, the door of the supernatural operates on two hinges. Number one, I believe. And number two, I speak. I believe and I speak opens the door to the supernatural. Let's try that one more time. I said, I believe and I speak opens the door to the supernatural. So he said a lot of people are looking for the spectacular. Are they looking for miracles? Are they looking for some spectacular thing? And they're missing out on the supernatural. In other words, you don't have to wait on God for the miraculous. You open the door to the supernatural by what I believe, I'm a believer, and then I say what I believe. I say or I speak what I believe, and that opens the door to the supernatural. And he said, and mountains will be removed. I like to say it this way, the scenery will change. Praise the Lord. How many believe God can change the scenery in your life? Amen. Things that look immovable, things that look impossible, things that are impossible with men, but they're not impossible with God. My faith is in God. Everybody say, my faith is in God, and I'm not going to be quiet about it. I'm going to have to say something. Amen. What are you going to say? Now, in this situation here, I learned this, I, uh, you know, from Kenneth E. Hagin or from Dad Hagin. Uh, who the Lord told him to go teach my people faith. He said, go teach my people faith. Later on, uh, other faith teachers came out of uh, Dad Hagen's ministry, but he was kind of one of the first in our lives to teach on the subject of faith. Actually, the Lord told him, don't preach on it. Don't preach on it. He said, inspiration and a lot of preaching. He said, but I want you to teach on it. In other words, you have to have just as much information as you have inspiration. <laughs> Some people got a lot of inspiration when the organ's playing, you know, and they're in church. <laughs> but you, you're going to have to have information and act on the word no matter how you feel. Amen. And so uh, the Lord told me one time, he said, if I would have added two words to Mark eleven twenty three, all of us would be faith champions. I said, well, what two words would that be? He said, if I would have added in church to the end of Mark eleven twenty three, that he shall have whatsoever he saith in church. But he didn't add in church, did he? In other words, most people are faith champions while they're at church. Amen. <laughs> he should have whatsoever he saith in church. Boy, the inspiration's there and somebody's singing and woo. But Jesus didn't say faith works when you're in church. He said, what you're going to say on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday, come on, when you're facing challenges and uh, when there's temptation or there's opposition around, what are you going to say then? In other words, he said, he'll have whatsoever he saith, not just at church. Uh, I've often said we could put a little recorder around some people's neck and uh, play it the next Sunday. You know, at, at church, it was wonderful things happening. But you know, throughout Monday, Tuesday, and through the end of the week, and then just play it. 
All right. And then a lot of people say, well, I wonder why. And I wonder why I don't have and why I'm not getting this and why I'm not getting that. I've used the illustration of the, of the uh, little black box, you know, on the airplane. And because that little black box is what they recover if a plane ever crashes. <laughs> they recover the black box and they'll, they'll see exactly what happened before that plane crashed. So they'll pull the little black box out. And they'll, they'll say, this is what happened, and this was the setting, you know, of the, the, the flaps and the aileron. This is, this is why that plane went down. And, and so I imagine the Lord getting uh, some of our little black box, you know, after we have a faith crash. And say, what was the last thing they said before they went down? I just don't think I'm going to make it now. I'm just feeling so bad, you know. Oh, come on, but it's not what you say just in church. Come on, it's what you say back at the house. It's what you say when you're under pressure. It's what you say. In other words, your words become determining factors in what you have in life. Amen? And so a lot of times people will say, well, can I just be honest? Well, you can, but honesty don't always get you victory. It is faith that is the victory, not just honesty. <laughs> can I tell you how I'm feeling? Well, you can, but that's not where your victory is. Your victory is in saying what God has to say about you. Amen? So, uh, Jesus said, I'm giving you a measure of the God kind of faith. And he said, it works on whosoever. Anybody can do it. Look around. You might see a couple of whosoever's in here. He said, anybody can do it. Amen. Anybody can do it. So, it doesn't make you particularly special because you can. Because anybody could. I said, anybody could. You can get anybody from the lowest area of life, teach them how, how faith works. Amen. And uh, Wigglesworth said, uh, any person can be changed by faith, no matter how they may be fettered. You know what the word fettered means? That means bound. Any person can be changed by faith, no matter how they may be bound. That means the devil cannot make a bondage that your faith cannot break off of you. All right, let's try it one more time. I said, come on, any person can be changed by what? Faith, no matter what, how they may be bound. In other words, faith works the same, whether it's your body, come on, your physical body, or whether it's your mind, your emotions, whether it's your finances, your family, faith works the same in every area. And Jesus said that whosoever shall say, he'll have whatsoever he saith. So everybody say, whosoever shall have whatsoever. <laughs> Amen. And so when I start teaching on faith, especially uh, places where people have heard the message of faith, they remind me of the story of my grandson, Gavin, and uh, all of our grandchildren. We have eight grandchildren, and we have a swimming pool at our house in the backyard. And so when they're very young, I mean, the earliest possible age, two years old, I mean, whatever, three, the earliest possible age, I tell my kids, take, uh, the, take them to the uh, swimming lessons. I will pay for them. And then I will also watch them to see if they can swim. So uh, we'd uh, get them in the pool. I mean, I could teach them myself, but the parents don't always approve of my method. Anyway, so uh, I said, let me tell you how I learned how to swim. So <laughs> they pushed me in and said, you better swim. So 
so with little Gavin, we, we sent him to lessons, and he's as cute as a little kid. Of course, all of them are, but little Gavin, uh, this story's about him. Well, he went swimming lessons, and he came back to our house one afternoon. He said, Poppy, 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 I can swim, I can swim. Well, I really knew he couldn't because I'd watched him in the pool. And we have a shallow end, and we have a deep end. I knew Gavin stayed in the shallow end, but the shallow end is not really swimming. We call that walking, right? <laughs> And so he could swim in the shallow end. So anyway, took him to the lessons. He came back. I could swim. And it just happened to be, and I, I really knew he couldn't, and I just wanted uh, to make sure that he knew he couldn't. <laughs> and then his dad walked up about that time. Uh, Caleb, I think he's going to come here today. He's in town for a meeting. But Caleb, he said, that's right, Poppy, that Gavin, he can really swim. I said, really? I said, well, that's interesting. Uh, well, Caleb's trying to be positive, but we're not just interested in positive thinking. We're interested in mountains moving. We're interested in getting results. We're interested in faith working. Amen. And if faith is not working for you, God's not going to change. His word's not going to change. So you and I are the ones that'll have to change. Amen. Thank you for that. I said, you and I are the ones that's going to have to make the adjustment. So while he's telling me how well he could swim, I just took him and I threw him in the deep end because we happened to be standing down by the diving board and I can swim, Poppy. And Caleb was standing there. I said, well, that's great, Gavin. So I just dumped him right in the deep end. And uh, uh, I saw his dad kind of get a shocked look on his face. And uh, Gavin's in the, in the deep end. <laughs> Well, I said, uh, show us how you can swim, Gavin. Dumped him in there. And he, uh, he kept uh, going down. He goes down, down, all the way to the bottom. While he's going down, uh, he was making swimming motions. But, you know, swimming motions don't necessarily mean you can swim. So he's going down, so I look at his dad. I said, uh, if I was you, I'd jump in there and save him. That's what I'd do. <laughs> so he hands me his phone, you know, and his wallet, and, and he jumps in there. <laughs> he goes down, pulls Gavin up, gets him out. And I said, well, Gavin, you, you need a few more lessons. <laughs> Don't look at anybody right now, but... Some people make a few church motions and a few faith motions, but uh, they're sinking. In other words, their faith's not really working very well. Well, I said, you need a few more lessons. So I said, now go back and take some more lessons, and there will be another test. You say, why? Well, somebody said, that's cruel. No, it's cruel for him to think he can swim. And for me to think he can swim, and he fall into the pool when nobody's around, and he can't swim. I want to know if he can swim, and I want him to know if he can swim. Are y'all still here? Well, he, he went back to get some swimming lessons. Anybody know what happened? Well, he came back, and another test, dump him in the deep end, and he just came right up from the bottom and swam all over the pool. Been swimming ever since. 
Are y'all still here? Amen. So a lot of times people, even if you try to teach them something about faith, they almost just turn you off because they think they already know about faith. But if you ever get in the deep water, all right, let's try this out. I said, if you ever get into the deep end, you ever get into the deep water, come on, you ever have a situation you're facing that looks impossible, you better know that you know how to swim. You better know exactly how faith works because God cannot fail. His word cannot fail. In other words, if you'll act upon his word, come on, you'll come up every time. The word works the same for everybody, works the same in every situation. Are y'all still with me here? So, so you have to be careful that you don't think you already know about that. I mean, Dad Hagen, he taught on the subject of faith for, for actually 65 years. And uh, he said the Lord told him, go teach my people faith. So he stuck with it for 65 years. And I went to hear him many, many times. And he would preach many of the same sermons and the same illustrations and just really didn't care what you thought about it. And I'm sure glad he did because after about the hundredth time, Now, I thought I knew it the first three times, right? I thought I knew it. So, so you know, I kind of got that little look on my face. Yeah, I know that. I, and I kind of look like, uh, I'm sure glad all these other people are here. They need to know this. They need to hear this. And then the Lord told me, he said, you better pay attention because you need to hear it. Amen. Well, after the hundredth time, I went, oh, that's how that works. And then I went, oh, I need to make a couple adjustments. That's why I'm sinking in that area. Are y'all still with me? If you want to know why you're sinking in that area, because faith is the victory, and you can win in every, every area of your life through faith in God. Spirit, soul, body, family, finances, faith is the victory that works in every area of your life. Jesus said he shall have whatsoever he saith. That means you're going to have to watch your mouth all the time. Let's try this side over here. I said, you're going to have to watch your mouth all the time. Listen, if the devil could kill you anytime he wanted, you'd be dead already. He doesn't have that power. In other words, he's got to get a hold of your mouth and get you to defeat yourself. Come on, self-sabotage. Destroy your mouth. Talk defeat. Talk failure. Come on, talk sickness. Come on, talk coronavirus. Come on, talk whatever the TV's talking about. But if you want to put the word of God in your mouth and start saying what God has to say about it, that's what you call the God kind of faith. It's mountain-moving faith. It'll move a mountain. It'll change the scenery in your life. In other words, you'll never be a victim the rest of your life and say, I don't know why this. And no, you'll be a victor, not a victim. Don't let anybody give you a victim mentality and just say, well, that's just the way it is. No, that is not just the way it is. Come on, it may be that way for other people, but not for me. Hallelujah. In other words, I'm going to say what God's word tells me to say. Amen. You put that word in your mouth. Amen. And here's the way the Lord said it to me. He said, he said, the word of God was spoken before it was written. Well, I thought, really, it's spoken before it's written. I never thought of that before. He said, yeah, he said, my word came out of my mouth. He said, it didn't come out of my pen. 
He said the word of God was spoken before it was written. And it was written so it could be spoken. In other words, the word of God works best where there is a sound or a voice. In other words, faith is voice activated. Or you could look in Genesis chapter 1. We know the world was framed by the word of God. And in Genesis chapter 1, it just simply says, God said. God said. And then he saw. He said. And then he saw. He said. And then he saw. So the Lord said to me, sound came before sight. All right, let's try it. Well, that's why we walk by faith and not by sight. Sound came before sight. Sound came before sight. He said, and many people are wanting a change of scenery. But if you're going to have a change of scenery, you're going to have to have a change of sound. Praise the Lord. Boy, you ought to just look in the mirror and do your mouth exercises every morning. Come on, because mountains are about to move, amen. The scenery is about to change the moment you start speaking. In other words, faith in God or the God kind of faith works by what? Saying, amen, speaking, praise the Lord. And Jesus said, whosoever shall have whatsoever. In other words, this works for anybody and it works on everything. In other words, there's nothing that your faith won't work on. Let's try that again. I said, there's nothing in this world that your faith won't work on. Come on, it'll work on the cells in your body. It'll work on your bones and your bone marrow. Come on, it'll work on your brains. It'll work. Come on, in your body. It'll work in your soul. It'll work in your mind. It'll work in your emotions. Come on, it'll work spiritually. It works in heaven. It works over hell. Works over devils, over demons, over evil spirits. It works in your finances. What are you saying about money? What are you saying about your finances? Instead of talking like, say, the money will come. Come on, the money will come. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I do not lack for ability. I do not lack for opportunity. And I never lack for money. I never lack for money. When did I start saying that? When I was 17 years old. I heard Dad Hagen say, say this. Don't talk lack. Amen. So I quit talking lack when I was 17. I just always say, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I do not lack for ability. I do not lack for opportunity. And I never lack for money. I do not lack for favor. I have favor with God and man. I have what I say. Amen. Amen. Instead of getting mad about what other people say about you. Don't get mad at them. Come on. You don't have what they say anyhow. You have what you say. What you going to say about it? You don't even have what the doctor says. You have what you say. Are y'all stupid? I said, you don't have to have what the doctor said. You have what you say. You don't have to have what the rest of the economy says. You have what you say. So I was reading that one time, and the Lord said to me, he said, uh, what would you do if somebody advertised on television or Amazon, you know, that I got something that will work for anybody and it will work on everything? Boy, you, I'd, be, I'd be ordering it, whatever it is. I got something that'll work for anybody, and it'll work on what? Anything. All right, let's try it again. I got something that'll work for anybody. Yes. 
for every situation. It'll work on anything. I've got something that'll work for anybody on anything. So imagine Jesus coming to the earth and say, I want to tell y'all, I got something that'll work for anybody and it'll work on everything, anything. You say, what is it? It's faith in God. It's the God kind of faith. Amen. I'll go back to Mark eleven twenty three, and this is this is really just my introduction. You see, I'm not getting very far. Praise the Lord. We got a c- couple of slow listeners here, maybe, but <laughs> Hallelujah. So Jesus said, "Here's how faith works." Everybody say, "I got something that works all the time, and works on everything, and works for anybody." Somebody say, how much is it? Uh, don't cost you a dime. It's right there in the Word of God. Amen. Amen. <laughs> so when Jesus said, have faith in God or how faith works, amen, I want to hear from somebody that, that, that knows how to swim. I want to hear from somebody that their faith is working. I don't want to hang out with the people at the donut place that say it don't work. That's why it don't work. I want to hang out with somebody that is working. Amen. So, so I learned from Dad Hagen and from others, my own parents, of course. But when Jesus said, whosoever shall say, I learned this from Dad Hagen. Whosoever shall say. So Dad Hagen was teaching on faith, teaching on the saying part, including the confession of your faith. In other words, that's how you got saved is your confession of faith that Christianity is called the great confession. What is that confession? In other words, that confession with a heart man believes, with a mouth confession is made unto what? Salvation. Y'all still with me? In other words, with a heart you believe. In other words, you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. You believe in your heart God raised you from the dead. And thou shalt be what? Say, for with a heart man believes. With a heart man believes. You believe with your heart, not with your head. That's why you can have faith in your heart and still have a few problems with your head. Don't look at anybody right now, but we see a few people that might have a few problems with their head. Come on, with a heart you believe. With a heart you believe. In other words, thoughts may come to your mind, challenges in your head, but you believe with your inward man, with your spirit. You believe with your heart. Amen? Amen. So with the heart, man believes in the righteous. With the mouth, with the mouth what? Confession. Confession is made unto salvation. In other words, it is the confession or the saying part that actually produces the saving part. Let's try it one more time. I said, it is the confession or the saying part that produces the saving part. Salvation would be deliverance, safety, healing, preservation, soundness. In other words, the law of spiritual confession, the law of confession is that you confess you have a thing before you consciously possess it. It's a spiritual law. Let's try it again. I said it's a spiritual law. It's actually the law of faith. You confess that you have a thing in agreement with God. You confess you have a thing before you consciously possess it. Let's try this out over here. I said you confess you have a thing before you consciously possess it. Let's try it again. You confess you have a thing before you consciously possess it. 
That's the law of that confession. You confess it's mine. In other words, God, God's way of doing things is he calls things which be not as though they were. Let's try this out over here. I said God calls things which be not as though they were. In other words, God will call you things that there's no evidence it exists. The only evidence it exists is that God said it. Are y'all still here? In other words, then so for your confession is simply for you and I to agree with God. Somebody said, well, I, th I think you might be lying. Well, the only problem is, is God can't lie. So I'm just going to agree with God. My confession brings me into agreement with God. In other words, God would tell somebody like Gideon, you are a mighty man of valor, and there's absolutely no evidence that exists. Let's try this out over here. I said, God would call somebody like Gideon, you are. He didn't say you have great potential. He didn't say, boy, if you'll do this and that. He just said, I'm telling you who you are. I'm telling you what you are. That's what I said you are, not what you're trying to be, not what you're someday going to be. But right now, I'm telling you, you are a mighty man of valor. Gideon finally said, I am a mighty man of valor. Bam, in other words, that confession. His agreement with God brought him into what? The possession of salvation. Confession precedes salvation. So if you're going to live by faith, there is no faith without the confession of faith. Let's try this again. I said, amen. I'm going to go a little slower because I see a few people think they can swim. Listen, but uh, so your confession... <laughs> of agreeing with God or saying what God says precedes the possession of it. In other words, you're saying, I have something, I am something, in agreement with the Word of God, in agreement with God, I'm saying, it's mine, I have it now, not I'm, not I'm going to get, I know that God's going to, and well, thank God for all that God's going to, but you're going to have to get out of the going to sometime to get into, it's mine, I have it right now. God said it's mine, I agree with God, I'm not trying to get it, it ain't going to be next week, it ain't going to be in a year, it means right now, come on, I'm agreeing with God, and it's mine, I have it now. Who I am. Come on, who God says I am. I have what God says I have. I can do what God says I can do. Come on. In other words, every circumstance may be against you. Your own feelings may be against you. But you say, I'm holding fast to my confession. I'm agreeing with God. Woo, hallelujah. Hallelujah. You say, what's going to happen? It's a spiritual law that brings you from the confession into the possession. And you say, look at that showed up. But I said it. I said it for years. And now look at it. Here it is. Praise the Lord. Amen. All right, let me try to finish with this here. This is just an introduction here. Praise the Lord. The confession, the saying part, you understand this and you have to teach your children. Because your children will have challenges. Well, remember teaching our children, Aaron and Alicia. Because, well, they'd have feelings and they'd have challenges. And we would say, now, listen, don't be talking that way. We don't talk that way. We agree with God. Here's what we say. So I teach Aaron and teach Alicia. Amen. 
Your words can't bring you victory or defeat. Amen. Your words can bring you victory or defeat. So watch what you're saying. Don't talk that way. Even when there's fear, even when there's uh, temptation, or even when there's feelings, what are you going to say? You'll have what you say. Amen. How many glad he didn't say you're just going to have what you feel? How many glad that is not in there? How many ever had a lot of different feelings going around, you know, in a day or two? <laughs> Man, if, if you just had what you feel, you ain't even going to stay married. I see a few married people laughing. Listen, in other words, you have what you feel. Come on, you have what you say. You said, I do, and you said, I love you, and I don't know how I'm feeling right now, but I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have what I say. The love of God's in my heart. Amen. Praise the Lord. Aren't, aren't you glad that's not in the marriage covenant, that you're standing there together in the past as well? Just whatever you feel, just however you feel. That's not in there. You said I do. That's a covenant, man. This is like forever. All right, go back to Mark eleven twenty three. Let's see. Whosoever shall say. Well, I heard Dad Hagen teaching on this, and I thought, well, we have located the problem. It's right underneath my nose. We have located the problem. It's right under my nose. It's my mouth. But the same thing that's the problem is also the answer. Amen. Same thing that's the problem is the answer. You know, it's right underneath your nose. So you could look in the mirror. Come on, do your mouth exercises. Amen. Amen. Every day, because this is going to determine. Your direction, your destination, and the quality of your life. See, now some people get mad, even church people. Well, how are you saying that? I didn't say that. Jesus said that. Well, if you don't like what Jesus said, go to James chapter 3, verse 2, and he says, your tongue. Ah, we have located the problem. Somebody said, bring your tongue, put it on the altar. He said, but we don't know if the altar is long enough to get your tongue on there. But he said, said... Your tongue, your tongue, your tongue is a tiny member, but it controls your whole body. Not only your body, but the direction and the destination and the quality of your life determined by your tongue. Wow. So God designed you. Actually, one of Billy Brim is pointing out in the Hebrew is that God made man a living spirit. And one Hebrew translation says he made man a speaking spirit, living soul, a speaking spirit. In other words, Adam acted like God. That's where he got his dominion from. When he said, when he said, named all the animals, when he said, <laughs> are y'all still with me? So the saying part. So when he said, whosoever shall what? Say. So Jesus said, the initial act of faith, or the first act of faith that you do as a believer, the first act of faith is your faith has to move your mouth. All right, let's say it this way. If your faith is not strong enough to move your mouth, how many of you ever had a time when you were weak in faith? 
and you just didn't say nothing. You either talking negative or you just went silent. You're under pressure. So you said, well, I'm not going to say nothing negative because I know that ain't good. But you also went silent when it came to agreeing with God. So if your faith is not strong enough to move your mouth, it will never move a mountain. All right, you understand what I'm saying? That, that speaking is the initial act of faith. There is no such thing as silent faith. The moment you believe, then you say what you believe. Now your faith is starting to work. Now mountains are going to have to move. Even your feelings are going to have to change. <laughs> the scenery is going to have to change the moment you start saying Whosoever shall say, under this mountain be removed, cast he shall not doubt in heart, believe those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. All right. Now, I learned this from Dad Hagen. I'm not smart enough to figure this out. And Dad Hagen actually didn't figure it out either. Uh, he said he was uh, having some criticism. How many of you ever had any criticism? So he had some criticism from other preachers criticizing him for teaching on faith so much and teaching on the confession of your faith so much. So they're criticizing him. And so they said, you do that too much. You know, you're not really in proper balance and you do it too much. So he said, well, maybe, maybe I need to pull back on it, not teach so much on the confession of faith or the saying part of faith. Maybe I need to pull it back. How many ever had criticism and you decided to back off your faith? Well, they're criticizing him. He was a young preacher. So he said he went to the church to pray, put his Bible on the altar. And he said, while he's praying, the Lord said, did you ever notice? Did you ever notice that in Mark eleven twenty three, I mentioned the saying part three times and the believing part only once. He said, now. I read the New Testament through 150 times, and I never noticed that. All right, let's try it again. People say, well, I never noticed that. There's a lot of stuff we had never noticed. He read the New Testament through 150 times, and he never noticed that. Jesus said, did you ever notice? So he opened Mark 11, 23, King James Version. First say, Jesus said, but he said, whosoever shall say, so he just counted. Whosoever say, one, believe those things which he saith, two, he shall have whatsoever he saith, three. Three. He said, now, how many times I mentioned believing? He said, really, just once. So if you've ever, you know, hung around Dad Hagen, then there's a picture of him teaching a picture, and you see that picture, and he's standing just like this. Now, if you've heard about faith, then you know exactly what he's doing. If you don't know about faith, you're like, I wonder why he's got them fingers up there. But if you know <laughs> teaching on faith, you know why he's holding up those fingers. Because Jesus said, say, say, say three times. Believe what? Once. And he said, and Jesus told him, you'll have to do three times more teaching on the saying part than you do on the believing part or my children will not get it. He said, because most of my children are not missing it in the believing department because they are believers. They're missing it in the saying department. He said, but I said they'll have whatever they say. So you'll have to teach three times more on the saying part than you do on the believing part, or they'll never even catch it. Are y'all still here? 
In other words, uh, you won't even take your words serious enough to know that they have de determining power to bring you into that thing that you're saying. Amen? In other words, he says, your words, your tongue will determine direction, destination. So I always say, never ride in a car with people who don't take the steering wheel serious. <laughs> How many have ever ridden in a car when people are not really taking the steering wheel serious enough? I have. I've, I've ridden in a car. Preachers pick me up from the airport, and they're driving down the road like this, and they're looking at me most of the time, talking to me. And I'm like, I'm like brother, brother, now look. I believe in angels and everything, but let me tell you this. I believe in paying attention where I'm driving, and so I want you to get, get a hold of that steering wheel. And, I'm, and if you don't want to, I will, then you can talk to me, but I will drive this car if you don't take the steering wheel serious. So you have to be careful hanging out with people who don't take their words serious. Come on, even when you're joking. All right, let's try that. I said, even when you're joking, come on. They think, well, I'm just joking. Well, you better be careful what you're joking about. Are y'all still here? <laughs> I wouldn't say that even if I was joking. Why? Because those words are powerful. So the saying part, three times, believing part, what? Once. Say, say, say. So me and minister, we call it uh, our gang sign. Because it... He used to put fingers up all the time, you know, while you're taking pictures, all kinds of fingers. And I'm like, man, I'm not sure what all them fingers mean, so I'm not sure if I want you to make those fingers while we're taking a picture. So I said, me and you are going to have our own gang sign, and we're going to hold up three and one. Amen. We call us the faith gang. What does that mean? Well, it's cool like this, go. Come on, give a little bit of a mug. Like, come on, we have what we say. We are mountain-moving, giant-killing believers, and we have faith in God. We have what we say. Come on, hold your fingers up like that. Come on, come on. They ought to have at least one picture like that. What does that mean? I have faith in God, and this is the victory that overcomes the world. Even my faith. That's how I win. Come on, that's the how I win. That's how I overcome. Amen, I believe, and I say, say, say what I believe. Woo, praise the Lord. Amen. Well, all right, let's get to point number two. Praise the Lord. I'm kidding, we're out of time already, so praise the Lord. <laughs> Amen. The saying part, we'll continue this the next service, I think. Amen. The confession of your faith. In other words, this is how you overcome. This is how you win. I said, this is how you win. I mean, even Nacho Libre wanted to win. Don't you want to win? This is how you win. So if I'm going to teach my children, when Trent and I first started dating, we just said, we're going to live by faith. Have you had any fights? Really good fights. Do you have any knots on your head? You got a few knots and scars. Amen. But Dad Hagen said, even in the face of failure, you hold fast to your confession. Are y'all sure? Even in the face of failure and challenges and circumstances, you just keep saying what God says about you. Woo, come on. It is your faith that will pull you up out of that pit, amen, and put you right back standing in the presence of God. Faith is the victory. Everybody say, faith is the victory. 
and I believe and I speak not just at church and I have what I say 